Welcome to Future of Tech, hosted by Avishai Sharlin, Division President of Amdocs Technology. In this podcast, Avishai sits down with some of the most innovative minds in technology to learn how they are disrupting the present and what kind of impact they hope to have in the future. From the machine learning programs that are solving some of the world's biggest problems to what AI can do to help fight biological bottlenecks in human thinking, no topic is off limits. So sit back, relax, and maybe take some notes because what you hear on this show might just be a glimpse into the future. This week, lace up your boots and be sure to stretch because we have an exciting new future of tech to share with you. In this lively conversation, Jonathan dives deep into how Intel's AI is benefiting all facets of sports, from player performance to fan experience, and even advanced athlete scouting in underserved areas. Throughout the episode, he shares countless ways in which Intel's technology is affecting the world of athletics for elite professionals and weekend warriors alike, highlighting the myriad ways these innovations will impact sports on every level. Enjoy the episode. Future of Tech is brought to you by Amdocs Tech. Amdocs Tech is Amdocs's R&D and technology center, paving the way to a better connected future by creating open, innovative, best-in-class products and continuously evolving the way we work, learn, and live. To learn more about Amdocs, visit the Amdocs technology page on LinkedIn. Welcome to a new episode of Future of Tech. Um, I'm very happy to have with me today Jonathan Lee, which is a Senior Director of Sports and Performance Technology at Intel. Hello, Jonathan. Avishai, thanks so much for having me. So Jonathan, can you, can you start maybe with telling me what is uh, the sports performance technology role is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So Intel is, is all about AI um, scaling, and bringing technology to a number of verticals. And for me, my, my, my role is to look after how we bring that to uh, sports. And so for sports, there are many applications that um, involve how do we get athletes to perform better? Or how do we enhance a broadcast so that a fan feels more engaged with the, with the, um, with the action? And we're at a really exciting place right now in, in technology where uh, we have things that um, that really bridge the gap between the athlete and the fan. Um, really allow us to democratize how we how we train athletes, and so my job is to bring that technology to the athletes and to the fans. Usually, Intel is all about you know doing it for the masses. So everything you do today is only for professional sports, or or you also touch you know the uh, I would call it the less professional ones like, you know, the, uh, the commoners. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the cool thing about, about elite athletes is that a lot of things that, that we develop for elite athletes become applicable to um, the everyday person as well. And so, you know, I used to work with the, with the Olympics and something that, that uh, you know, we discovered back then is that even amongst Olympic athletes and uh, your, your very elite athletes, only your your top athletes get access to all the training 
and uh, and technology that that is available. And a lot of times that, that's because it's 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 time consuming to, for example, um, hook up an athlete with a bunch of sensors, right, to be able to track her her movement, right, or time consuming to to bring this person into into a lab and uh, get get data on on this athlete. And so a lot of things that that we work on um, are meant to uh, again democratize and allow technology to be used not just by the very elite athletes, but all the athletes on team, and not just all the athletes on a uh, pro or elite team, but actually down through your weekend warrior, your consumer, uh, even even in the in the health space as well. So let, let's let's try to bring it a bit down. If if we have today, uh, I, I assume you are watching daily. At least I am the World Cup. So do you? Your technology is something that uh, is is being used right now. Can 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 you share some of the uh, things that you've done to uh, either to you know football players as individuals or to uh, teams? Yeah, absolutely. So let me actually tell you about a uh, one of our one of our customers that's using um, using Intel AI, uh, and so I, I've actually been watching the, the the World Cup through a bit of a different lens this year. And, and just and, uh, uh, forgive me for interrupting you for the international um, audience of us. When I'm saying football, I mean soccer. Obviously, um, the American ones. <laughs> you will need to uh, you know World Cup is all about soccer. It's less about the uh, NFL part of things. That's right. That's right. And, and I'll, I'll probably end up saying football and soccer throughout this. So, sure, <laughs> so sure. excuse me. So, so I've been watching the World Cup and have been asking myself this question, which is, you know, how, how do you know if you're actually feeling the best team for your country? Right. Your country might have thousands or, or millions of players right, that, that are eligible to play for your national team. So how do you select the top 26? So at, at Intel, we've been working with a company called AI Scout. Uh, that uses AI to help identify talent all over the world that would other, otherwise have been missed. Uh, so that, that's, that's getting me um, like very excited about the potential of being able to, to find players that may not have come up through the traditional scouting route. So AI Scout is a, a fully automated talent ID and development platform for football. Um, they use Intel technology a uh, technology we call 3D athlete tracking to track um, player movement uh, in videos that are uploaded. So if you're an amateur football player, you would use their app to upload a video of yourself doing uh, different drills and they're prescribed drills. So one might be you know, set up nine cones in a certain way and um, dribble the ball around those nine cones. Another might be do a single leg squat or you know as many push-ups as as you can, and then the AI Scout platform um, uses again Intel's 3DAT or 3D athlete tracking to first track the movements and biomechanics of those players, uh, and then they add their own additional um, analyses to objectively score and rank that player's abilities. Right, and all you need for this is is a mobile phone, so it's it's not like a special camera. Right, anybody with a mobile phone can't upload videos on themselves. Um, and then yeah, what AI Scout does is then matches you to teams that would be interested in, um, in, in these players. 
So this technology of yours, uh, the one you mentioned, the three dot, can, can you uh, share a bit more about its origin and, and what its implication? But it seems like something that can be applied also, I don't know, to basketball, maybe other, other, um, you know, games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so three dot stands for 3d athlete tracking, and it's a technology that, that we developed here at Intel that allows us to take ordinary video of athletes and extract information about their form and motion without the use of any special sensors or suits, just using computer vision and AI. So we use computer vision to extract 25 or more key points from the body. And then whether you use one camera or multiple cameras, we can create a 3D model of, of the athlete. And then from there, we can um, calculate biomechanics, kinematics, uh, and provide that to a, a developer, or in some cases, we've built our own applications on top of on top of that. And again, this is without the use of any any sensors or suits, just just AI. And so originally, through that was developed for the Tokyo Olympics, and Intel uh, had asked me to find a way to showcase AI in a cool way for Tokyo. And this and this was uh, about two years before before the games. And so we did. We, de we deployed uh, 3DAT in the Tokyo Olympics in the broadcast of the premier sprinting events. So if you had watched the um, Tokyo Olympics back in, in 2021, uh, you would have watched, for example, the 100-meter finals. You would have seen the race being, being run. And then after that, you would have seen a, a graphic, a, a clip that showed a heat map style version of the race where you saw, uh, you saw each lane uh, which you know, which which represents each athlete being being tracked, and you saw them go from from green to yellow to, to red, and you'd see where their top speed, uh, where they hit their top speed, uh, you know how long they were able to maintain their their top speed, and when they started to decelerate, and then the commentators would be able to to speak to that, and they'd be able to say, oh, you know, look, you can see that she was was uh, she hit her top speed early, but wasn't able to sustain, or here uh, between the hurdles, she got a little bit. Um, uh, crossed up, you see that she she dipped in speed, but then was able to to recover. So really, this awesome way of bringing the 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 fan closer to the um, the race and the athletes in a way that uh, was very uh, digestible and understandable by the by the fan as well. And this is how it all started, and and since then it's it's uh, it's growing to other areas, other domains. Yeah, absolutely. So so we we originally did work with with athletics athletes or track and field as it's called here in the, in the US. And then we expanded to other, other domains as, as well, other, other sports. So actually even in the Beijing Olympics, we were part of the, um, the opening ceremony. So there, there were a couple of moments in the opening ceremony where the performers are on a, a giant LED screen on, on the floor. And we used 3DAT to track the performers, track their movements and render graphics in real time below their feet. In the opening ceremony, and it's just it's it, it's because uh, you know the idea of markless motion capture is, is really not limited to to sports, right? It, it it can be applied to obviously elite athletes, but also health and fitness can be applied to entertainment, as 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 we just talked about. Uh, can be applied to industrial ergonomics. Um, you know, really, the idea is we've built this technology. And originally, again, for the Olympics and for um, elite athletes, but now we're we're offering it to developers to say, hey, um, this part is is not easy. The AI computer vision part 
right? The the, the biomechanics, we've, we've brought in experts to to handle all that. Um, so instead of you doing it yourself, uh, use our platform and develop your own applications um, on, on the three that technology. And the idea with the external developers is to provide what? Um, a framework that will allow them to take it where? Exactly. So the idea of the, the through that platform is that uh, as a developer, you'd be able to upload videos to the cloud. Um, and currently we, 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 we host on AWS. Uh, and then in exchange, you'd be able to get a whole host of uh, information about um, the, the skeletal tracking, the biomechanics, um, a few thousand different metrics that we've already calculated for you uh, to be able to power your own applications. Got you. Now, maybe let's pause for a second. Tell me a bit about yourself. So how did you find yourself here doing this role? Where, where did it all started from? Yeah, yeah. For me, it all, actually all started in the, in the health side. And so when I was coming out of, out of, uh, of college, uh, you know, I thought, actually when it went, went, went into college thinking that I would uh, uh, become a, a doctor. And while in college, I realized I actually don't like seeing people in pain. And that's going to be a, a, a bit difficult for uh, uh, to be a physician and, uh, and, and be a little squeamish like that. So I ended up moving more towards the health tech side. Um, and especially to the uh, the sensors and algorithms side, and so for the first um, you know three three companies, uh, maybe fifteen years of my career, um, I worked in transdermal devices. So I was part of the team that developed developed the very first continuous glucose monitor. I worked on a host of uh, devices that uh, would deliver drugs into the body non invasively, but all all in ways that were um, were novel and, and um, you know had not been done before. Uh, and then I moved out of the the medical device industry into the wearables industry, and helped to develop the the the, the first wearable to do continuous heart rate from from the wrist, and also uh, sleep detection, sleep staging, activity detection, uh, all these things that that are that are really commonplace now were things that were 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 new back then. And so, for me, that the challenge of of doing something new but in a way that actually is impactful is part of what, what I, what kind of drives me in, in my career. Right. And a lot of that, uh, a lot of that, that new and, and novel centers around being able to provide information, um, in a way that, um, that hasn't been done before. Um, but also in a way that that's continuous, right. Because, uh, a lot of the things that, that we do, whether it's, you know, the original, the, the, the glucose monitor, like the, the finger sticks or a, a heart rate monitor, or in the case of the athlete, athlete training, right? There, there's, uh, there's a whole, whole host of information that we talked about that that is 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 missing. Being able to provide that in a seamless way, and then figuring out what do you do with it, right? It's not enough just to tell somebody that um, you know, this this is your heart rate, or not enough just to tell them that that they they slept you know six hours uh, last night. But what do you? How do you actually use that to improve someone's health? I use that to improve someone's uh, performance if they're if they're an athlete. So that's really how how I I've, I've gotten here. There's this this spectrum of, of human performance, right? On one end there there's the health side. Um, on one end, on the other end there's the elite athlete side, and right in the middle there's there's the rest of us, right? And um, but all along that spectrum, when there's innovation, it benefits the whole the whole spectrum, right? And so um, I think for me, uh, elite sports. Really, it, it's like um, 
it's like when we, uh, um, like NASA, right? When we develop things for space, when these these really rigorous uh, environments and uh, and challenging demands, it, it it again like like the rest of us benefit from the technology that was developed, uh, you know, for those for those conditions. And your first role in Intel was already, you know, related to performance, or you were like uh, moving between departments. So the first role I had at Intel was. Uh, so the, the wearables company that I, I was referring to earlier, it was, it was a company called Basis. Uh, and Basis was uh, acquired by, um, by Intel. And so that was, that was the first role that I had at, at Intel. And then after Basis moved into the uh, Olympics group. Yeah. Now, these performance indicators or measurements, how important is it to look into the experience from the other side, not just measuring the athlete, but the athlete can do something with it or, or someone in a team can, you know, look into the data. Is this something that when you're designing your solution, you're looking into the experience itself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the data has to be useful, right? And, and this is usually where people who develop technology tend to stop a little bit short, uh, meaning that, hey, we, we, we developed this really cool thing and uh, it can give you this information. But but the thing is, you you have to be able to, uh, if you if you're an athlete, be able to uh, ingest that that information and and change. Right, ultimately, you need to be better. If you're a coach, you need to be able to to use use this data and formulate a way to um, to help your athlete uh, improve. Right, so that was huge for us. We actually, you know, have a a number of of athletes on the team. Uh, I, I have someone who who won two gold medals in the, in the Olympics, in the decathlon, right? So someone to actually advise on how uh, an athlete would, would best benefit from this. Now, what, I'll, I'll also give an example. So we, we, we worked with a, um, a college baseball team, uh, Purdue. So Purdue is um, a college here in the, here in the U.S., uh, in Indiana. And uh, they wanted to be the fastest baseball team in, in the country. Uh, in fact, their, their motto is the fastest show on dirt, <laughs> right? And uh, the reason for that is because when a baseball team has speed on the base pass, right, that puts pressure on the pitcher, on defense. It really just causes, it causes chaos, right? It's, it's, it's something that is, uh, is obviously, obviously coveted, but also something that, that people thought, and you can't really teach speed. You, know, you, you have it, you, you, can, you can train, but you can't really teach it. But the coaches at Purdue they used to read out to train their players on how to run faster, especially when they're, when they're stealing bases. Um, and, uh, you know, how do you get to top speed uh, very, very quickly? And so there's one player, his name is Cam Thompson. He was actually, uh, his own words, not mine. He was the slowest player on the team, right? And we used, we used through that to um, analyze his, his running posture. And now he's one of the fastest. For real? Yeah, not crazy, right? Uh, last year as a team, Purdue stole 48 bases okay um that that put them at 131st out of you know all the teams in the in the country this year they stole 116 which which ranked them number 10 right and they had, and they had a great season so um yeah so, it, so it's it's um we're really at, at the at the cusp here on, on how to use use uh, you know tech to actually improve performance right and, and, and it's being demonstrated well, this is amazing. And, and tell me, the AI part, 
is it what is it something that it's a pre predefined algorithm by by you guys or is something that is learning on all the time and how do you improve it tell me a bit about the background of the AI capability of, of your tools yeah well but there's already quite a bit of work in the in the pose estimation space uh, as you know so the ability to 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 detect uh, key points on the body those eyes nose shoulders that 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 was new maybe a few years ago but it, but it's not not new now you know for us uh, we've done we've done two things to enhance that basic capability number one is as you alluded to we we've we've collected data on um, elite athletes um, especially athletes that that move or have movements that are not the things that you would see commonly like a high jumper for instance high jumper goes up uh you know two meters in the in the air is horizontal at some points, right? And upside down at other points. That, that's not something you see in, in nature, right? Uh, not naturally. So those are things that we've had to, to retrain our models to, to do. Um, but other things that we, we've done to, to enhance the AI would be um, we have AI models that are able to take a 2D video and um, extract or infer 3D information. So infer for depth. Um, and so that's really exciting to be able to to be able to um, uh, infer a a 3D view of the athlete just using a, a 2D video. So that applies to you know a video that that, that you might have captured uh, just on your phone just now, or uh, something from 10, 20, 50 years ago. All right, a, a video that that we can we can extract uh, that information and actually even bring you know people uh you know from the from the past and compare their their form and motion in the same 3D space as someone someone currently or be able to compare you right uh you today and you yesterday maybe uh i don't know if you if you you know shy if you play play golf but like we could we could overlay your 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 swing from today versus versus yesterday um or maybe more importantly if you, if you're um going through a a a slump uh, we can see, go back to when you weren't and, and kind of see if there are any differences. This is kind of a, a, an interesting point, which I'd like to, to understand in two aspects. One, you're saying comparing your history to your current performance, which I understand, but are you also measuring in a different way? Are, are, are the things that you look at as opposed to what was, I don't know, if I was a coach or if I was, a, you know, someone that needs to look into a specific athlete, uh, I would measure, you know, ABC, and now you can you can offer, you know, a, a different scale or or different parameters that you are looking into. Yeah, you can. Yeah. So, um, so what we want to do is is really augment what the coach can see and information that that he or she has, and so there are things that the coach uh, already knows to look for. And we we can provide that. So that might be an an angle when you uh, at takeoff if if you're if you're a jumper, or uh, your your form as you're as you're coming out of the blocks if you're if you're a sprinter, right? But you know, for for us, we can use, again we can use any 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 camera any any video source, um, and so we might be able to look, use something if it's a say a cell phone camera. That's going to be a 30 or 60 frames per second. We can use high-end cameras at like 240, 480 frames per second. But even at the, at the lower ends, it, that's that's way more than a um, uh, you know, human eye can detect. So we're capturing things that that the human eye cannot detect and uh, providing that information. Um, but we're also doing that 
over time, so long, longitudinally. So, meaning that um, if if I were to track a um, an athlete uh, over a season, right? You know, let, let's take the example of of say American football, uh, with, you know, or, or rugby, where it's like there's a lot of injuries, there, there's a lot of uh, you know small and, and and big ones, and you know athletes start to start to compensate over over time because because of that, right? But once you start to compensate, once you start to develop asymmetries and how, how we move, that's a, a precursor to to injury. So one of the things that, that we've done um, is work with teams to uh, say have their players do a uh, a movement screen at the in the preseason, right, and then have the, have them do these movement screens during the season, and then and then um, uh, also if they're re- rehabbing from an injury, right, um, really to understand what is your baseline baseline. Uh, movement profile, and then how do we how do we make sure that that you're not uh, uh, you know straying away from it? And if you are, how do we how, how do we flag that and say, all right, there, there's there's an injury risk here. Hmm. Very interesting. And are you also applying it for someone who is uh, in a recovery process? Meaning, you know, is is he well enough to come back to play, or is he well enough doing you know a specific move or something like that? Yeah, the return to sport is huge for us, uh, and that, that is uh, some of the some of the partners that we have that are, are exploring just that. Which is, how do you know when when you've reached the the range of motion that that you need uh, to be able to uh, return? All right, and so um, and how do you how do you quantify recovery uh, to make sure that uh, you know if you have, for example, lower lower body injury, you're going to be recovering, uh, and you expect to see different milestones at different different parts uh, at different times. So being able to automatically say, all right, you know, we, we've, we've reached these different milestones is really helpful for a physical therapist. And and can this be also to be utilized for competitive analysis? Like your competitor is doing ABC, you're, you're challenged by his, you know, he, he's much faster or he can, you know, outreach you with his uh, arm span or something like this. And therefore you need to do Something else? Yeah, it, it can be. That, that's um, that's that's a great uh, um, uh, idea. I think the um, most of the, if not all, all the folks that we work so so far, are really um, use it for their own their own players. But the the idea of using it to understand uh, an, an opponent obviously is 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 going to be not too far far behind. Okay. Now, so if if. If this is not um, applicable, maybe in the future, but what else or how, how far can we take this technology? Well, what, what are the areas that you foresee as future directions? Yeah, I mean, the, the company I, I, was, I, I mentioned briefly earlier, AI Scout, yep. they're doing, AI Scout is doing a, a amazing things. Um, and so they're really revol- revolutionizing how, how scouting is, is um is performed. So scouting where, you know, the process of, of identifying players, um, bringing them into, into your, your, your team or, or your, um, yeah. your club's academy is, is a very manual process. Right. And so I would, if I'm a scout, I might hear from, uh, someone else, or I might, I might, uh, you know, catch wind of, Oh, you know, obviously is, uh, is a football player that we, that we, we should be looking at. You should, it should be right. And so, so I'm a, I might uh, see a little bit of your your game film, right? If if you at all, if you're on video, but then I have to come out and 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 fly to you, 
and then watch you and I might see you in in, in two or three matches and yeah. then come back and then I, I have to give give a suggestion of whether or not um you know should should we bring in Abishai to to trial for our our club mm-hmm. right and so that is um that is obviously uh not a very scalable process but it, it is it is the state of the art right for for scouting and um you know with with, with AI scout again you you're you're really giving anybody with a, with a mobile phone the ability to to try out, and and as a result, you're giving you're giving scouts the uh, ability to reach uh, places and, and, and people that they they really have never uh, been able to before, right? So I'll, I'll give you I'll give an example. So they so the biggest sports academy in India is the Reliance Foundation Football Academy. And every year that they, they look to sign players for their their five year training program in Mumbai, um, which um, gives them a shot to play in the Indian Super League, but also includes an education and residence for their entire family. So there really is 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 life changing. So this year, uh, again, Reliance came came to AI Scout and said, "Hey, can you can you help us with with the scouting?" And so uh, and this was in addition to their conventional recruiting methods but uh you know they uh, said hey um we'll, we'll we'll send out a a, a whatsapp note and um, um we'll say hey uh, if you want to use use ai scout to um to to try out of the 19 players that were accepted into the academy 17 of them came through the ai scout app four of them had never played organized soccer and one of those players actually used a phone that was shared by the entire village wow yeah. Um, and, and actually that same phone was used to identify another player uh, who was one year younger. Right. Uh, that's, this is amazing. Uh, again, it, it's, it's, this is what gets me excited. When you ask me like, what, what, what's next? Like this, this gets me excited. AI being used to change lives, right. Players who would have never had a chance to be scouted, let alone uh, you know, play pro soccer. Um, they're being, they're being discovered. Um, and so, to me, that that the ability to to use uh, technology and AI in a way that uh, impacts people's lives in 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 a, in a super positive way uh, that that's what gets me excited. Yeah, it sounds like uh, an incredible achievement. So the appetite should be huge. Like everybody wants to use it. Everybody wants to play with it. Well, what's the? Uh, you're very busy nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I am. I'm very busy. There, there there's. Um, all different types of, uh, of of customers and developers that have reached out to us, and um, that includes uh, again from the sports side, but to the health and, and retail and and uh, you know, it's cool to see what people can can dream up, right? And it's cool for us to be able to uh, enable that. How do you apply it in retail? To to what posture of uh, of of people or something that uh, um, we actually I thought of as a as as use case and 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 this appears to be uh, something that is relevant is um, let's just say you are a, a runner and you want to be able to get fitted with, with the best shoe. Right. And so you go to the shoe store and they'll have you, you know, walk, you know, down <laughs> across the store yeah. and back and, and they kind of look at how your, your, your feet, um, you know, pronate and supinate. And, and um, so that's, a, it's, it's, again, it's very, it's very much by, by eye. You know, for us, we actually we have the ability to 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 analyze your running form. So in, in this case, we uh, we can take uh, multiple camera angles 
synchronize the videos, watch you run. At the same shop, I went to uh, previously to walk. Now I will be kind of That's trying right. to run and they will take pictures of mine. And then by doing it, your AI will be able to tell them. Exactly. Whether or not you're a, a heel striker, a toe striker, right? The way, the way that you move. And then, and then partnering with you know, retail or, or, or shoe company, being able to say this, this is the right equipment or shoe or equipment for you. And obviously it's, it's not, it's not even just, um, oh, it doesn't have to be shoes. It can be, it can be. Plus here are three tips, how you can improve your running, uh, or how you can improve your, what have you. Yeah, ex exactly. I mean, cause, cause even that, um, actually I, I, we have a, um, we have a, a setup in our, our lab and I was, I was on it the, uh, the other day, just, just last week. And, and, uh, um, you know, I've been, I've been per personally been trying to improve how I, how I run. And, um, uh, because I do have knee, knee issues and a lot of it probably is related to how my, my feet impact. And I, I and you can see, you can see how, um, for me, uh, my, my problem is, is overstriding just a bit. So meaning that uh, when when you run, you, you ideally you want your your toes to hit right below your your hips, mm -hmm. right? If it's in front of you, say, or if your heels uh, hit first, then uh, not only are you are you actually breaking, you're slowing down, but you're also putting a lot of impact on your on your on your joints, right? And so that's 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 a way to um, you know, well, I, I've seen the results, <laughs> you know, now now I have uh, um, or had knee pain. But uh, now I've, I've actually been able to to look at how I how I run and say, oh, okay, now 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 it makes sense, and so I've been able to actually change how I run to uh, to to help reduce that uh, that pain. So this can clearly be applied to swimming. This can clearly be applied to basketball or or baseball or any other sport. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we. Um, so swimming is an interesting one because uh, because it's computer vision based. So three D is again it's computer vision based. The splashing of of the water and, and sort of the the interface of if you have a a person who's kind of half in half out of the water that does provide some challenges to the computer vision aspect of it. Although we have we have used it more to track a a swimmer's you know entire body, less about the 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 biomechanics of the stroke, but the the entire body to um, understand how they did throughout a race, you know, where they were at different times and, and uh, you know, being able to uh, very quickly catalog uh, for a coach, how their race compared to, you know, previous races or, or others um, or others in, in the same heat. You've mentioned earlier the, um, the Olympic runners and, and your ability to say, you know, how, how fast they ignite themselves and how, what the duration of time they could hold, you know, at full steam, same goes to swimmers, you know, how fast yeah. they are reaching their uh, peak and can they maintain it? Now, I do understand everything when it comes to professional athletes, but beside the ability to democratize this and, and provide someone, if he wants, to upload his, uh, you know, performance, is this something that you see can be applied in a gym or, you know, in public places where people will go and then uh, you'll have to sign a consent and say, I'm, I'm okay. And then the, uh, someone will tell you, you can, uh, you know, press more or, or do more if you'll do X, Y, Z. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, and, um, we've had interest in, in, in that as well. So, you know, one of the things about, um, the gym environment is of course that, um, there's quite a bit of equipment. There's, uh, uh quite a bit of, of, of movements that if you're not I mean, a seasoned gym goer, uh, you do some of the things and, uh, 
there's a likelihood that you'll get hurt. Right. Actually, we see that we see that quite quite a bit, uh, even during uh, during COVID, where you've got um, you know someone, and um, uh, in this case, they're at, they're at home, but maybe they haven't worked out in a while, and now they're uh, 48. They say, you know, I, I still have some things in me. I, w- I want to go and work out, uh, but they, but maybe their mind thinks that they're still like you know 28, and they go and they work out and they work out too hard, and then <laughs> and then they hurt themselves, and then the, and that uh, you know puts them back, it sets them back. So um, I can definitely see both at home, but also in, in, in the gym. And we actually do have a, a smart gym set up where we demonstrate just this. I can see a, a, a scenario or an application where you come in and you go uh, to different stations, right? So here I'm going to do, you know, this is the bench press station, or this, this is some sort of interval training you know, area. And we provide you feedback on your form. Right. So maybe number one, we say, hey, we, we count reps. Right. That, that's a pretty, pretty basic thing for us to do. Um, but also we can we can say, hey, this is this was the quality of, of those reps. Right. So like reps one through six, good, but your uh seventh and eighth squat, you're showing signs of fatigue and you're also showing signs of of improper form. Right. So being able to to provide that information in real time or near real time, uh, you know, would be something that would that would make the also the, the gym experience a bit more compelling and as well as safe. Now we started with the uh, democratization of, of these uh, soccer players that now can uh, upload their videos. Would this be also would you need a partner or everyone can now take a camera, upload how he works in the gym, how he swims, ask his uh, you know, um, other uh, partner to to tell him, you know, take a picture of mine and then upload it to the Intel cloud? Or do you need now 700 cameras, you know, 200, uh, I don't know what, uh, Intel special processors, and only then you can uh, finally get, you know, you need to change a shoe? Oh, yeah, great, great question. So in, in terms of all these different applications, you know, our, our strategy really has been, there are so many applications for, for through that that we, we can't possibly specialize or customize for, for all of them, right? And so um, we do need to partner and we want to partner with developers, with, with companies and say, you know, we, we, we take it from video through this point right here, uh, which is very accurate and very useful biomechanics information, right? In 3D. Um, but you, as someone who's analyzing soccer or football, uh, you know, you who, who are in retail, you will need to bring it that that last mile. But again, it's camera agnostic, meaning that if you want to use a, a cell phone camera or a high-end machine vision camera or a broadcast camera, uh, no problem. We have the the tools to to help you um, whether you want to to scale, right? To um to thousands or even millions of, of, of videos and users, or if you want to do something that that is in a lab or in, in a store and you, you want to use um, just like four cameras and in, in, a, in a set location, that, that's fine too. The underlying platform can support an array of, 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 of cameras, an array of video sources, right, or a variety of video sources, and these different use cases that, that, are, that are more, um, say, con- consumer level to prograde. Right. But for us, we, 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 we decided pretty early on that, um, that our, our specialty really uh, would, would need to be, um, how do you take this and how do you make it so that it, it's, it's productizable and, and deployable? 
and really take it to you know almost the goal line but then but then uh the the developer is who, is who adds their own wrapper as as their own expertise and creates the product yeah so the gap is literally the community or the developers out there taking the technology that you are providing and updating and upgrading and creating the specific use case be it you know soccer or or football or what have you uh, to make it available for um, you know everyone else to use and utilize uh, later on that's right that's right and and if you want I mean, we have a um, if you want to go to our, our website it's intel.com slash three dat um, and you can you can see you know a lot of the um, the ways that's being being used but also uh, get in touch with us to to understand how you might use it for for your own applications cool sounds uh, great I think that we've got a glimpse into your world of uh, you know, next generation AI and how it can either democratize the entire, you know, uh, way we uh, we handle sports, but also how professional today are looking into things that they were unable to do in uh, previous years. It was uh, an interesting uh, talk, Jonathan. I want to thank you a lot and I wish you all the best and uh, talk soon. Thank you, Afshay. Uh, talk soon. Thanks for listening to Future of Tech. If you like what you heard and want more, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to write to our host, Avishai Sharlin, directly on LinkedIn. LinkedIn.